This episode of the Sportsman's Empire is brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Since 1952, Interstate Batteries has been evoking compassion and a trustworthy spirit into the surrounding communities. Interstate Batteries is a mission-driven company fueled by purpose and guided by their values. If you need help locating a specific battery, stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and speak with a battery specialist. They even offer cell phone repairs. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. The 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, welcome back to another Western Rookie bonus episode brought to you by Go Hunt. Today, we are going to be covering some of the upcoming bear applications across the West. So most of these are for spring bear, but some of them are for fall bear too. But if anyone of you are out there looking to do a bear hunt, a mountain bear, black bear hunt in the West, this episode is for you. So, states we're going to talk about today, New Mexico, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, um, and then we'll quick update on Washington. So, first off, New Mexico, the deadline is February 10th, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. They have 57 different units 56 of these units you can have an over-the-counter archery fall hunt most of these most of these units in new mexico are for fall black bear hunting 55a however has a spring hunt available non-residents can only apply for certain draw hunt units Female harvest limits and total harvest limits are in place, so you have to check for closures. There's two different limits, a total harvest and a female harvest. If either one of those get hit, they close down that unit. Electronic calls may be allowed for black bear hunting in New Mexico. And the t- and the biggest question, what's it going to cost? The resident tags are $47, non-resident tags $260. So for non-residents, it's actually a pretty affordable tag um, to do a western hunt. A lot of The other species across the West are way higher than $260. Moving on, Oregon. I think I said Oregon in the intro. This time I said Oregon or Oregon. I don't live there. Everyone's going to hate how I say it no matter what. But the Oregon deadline is February 10th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. The best tags in Oregon are always the ones that are in the controlled spring hunts. All of the spring hunts are controlled, and they're, but there also are some fall over-the-counter options as well. If you're just looking to build points, there's a point-only period from July 1st to November 30th, and there's a mandatory harvest check for all bears in Oregon. Now, for the, the benefits of Oregon is that you can take up to three bears in one year in Oregon. There's a ton of black bears very, very healthy populations right now in Oregon for black bears, and so they've upped the quotas to three, potentially three throughout a year. You have to check the rules and regs for which units and how to go about that. But for the tag costs, 
$16.50 for a resident bear tag and non-resident. So the harvest tag is the same cost. What's going to differ is the hunting license you're required to carry in order to fill that harvest tag. So the hunting license is $34.50 for residents and $172 for non-residents. So even a little bit better tag cost in Oregon for a bear you're coming in at roughly $188.50 for a non-resident between the tag and the hunting license. So that's one great option for you. Another one, the next one up, Idaho Spring Bear. February 15th, 11.59 p.m. Mountain Time is the deadline for that. Most of the Idaho options are over-the-counter. There are a few controlled hunts. So Unit 22, 31, 32, and 32A are all controlled licenses. Um, the hunting license for a resident in Idaho is 38.75. Non-residents, 185. And then the tag is $13.75 for residents and $231.75 for non-residents. So this is where you're jumping quite a bit up for a non-resident to go bear hunting in Idaho. You're looking at um, somewhere around $4, 515-ish to go hunting. Um, sorry, 415 to go hunting a black bear in Idaho, which it's still on the lower end of big game tags out there. You know, a lot of elk tags are 600 to 1000 bucks. A lot of deer tags are 300 to 600 bucks. So you're kind of in that deer tag range, um, but more expensive than Oregon. Um, there's an, also a separate archery fee if you want to archery hunt bears. I think it's 80 bucks for non-residents. Um, so it does start to add up. Uh, no females in Idaho may be taken if they're in the presence of young. So if you have a... A sow with cubs, basically not taking that bear. Um, I think a lot of a lot of hunters are doing the best they can to identify um, boars versus sows and, and hopefully take males, but that's the law. Um, there's another mandatory harvest check-in in Idaho. And then one interesting thing to keep in mind, if you're black bear hunting in Idaho, Idaho has grizzly bears. We've talked about it before. We had some funny comments on on the fact that there's Idaho's in, or there's grizzly bears in Idaho, not Idaho's in grizzly bear. There's grizzly bears in Idaho, and this is like you know for people that live in Idaho, they're like, yeah, no doubt we have grizzly bears. But for non-residents, like people from the Midwest, keep that in mind. Like it, you might not re- think of all the other aspects of doing a hunt. You might be focused on what you're there to do. You know, we're there to elk hunt, we're there to mule deer hunt, we're there to black bear hunt. But there's going to be grizzlies in in Idaho. Up in the Panhandle by the Bitterroot Range, there's grizzlies. Down in the southeast, there's grizzlies next to Yellowstone. So be be prepared to deal with grizzly bears. Be um, bear aware so that keep a clean camp. Keep your food away from camp. Hang it up in a tree. Don't have any edibles, toothpaste, candy, um, anything in your pack, in your sleeping bag, in your tent, because the bears will smell that. Keep all of it separate. It is a pain in the butt to hunt grizzly bear country, especially if you're camping. Um, you know, you just got to be bear aware. Hunting partners, make lots of noise walking through the mountains in dark, especially. But the other big thing is make sure you can identify a grizzly bear versus a black bear. And obviously, if, you know, the bears are black, that's easy. But cinnamon brown bear or cinnamon black bears are brown phased black bears like a color phase black bear can look a lot like a grizzly bear so you got to be able to tell the difference between the two um if you're really close there's some obvious differences the tracks 
Um, Grizzly Bears have more extended claws, so you can typically see, like, draw a straight line in between the four toe pad imprints and the claw marks with a grizzly bear. With a black bear, their claws are a little bit smaller, so you can't draw a complete line through in between the claw marks and the finger pad marks. Um, grizzly bears are notorious for the big hump on their shoulder. Um, grizzly bears have a different shaped nose, right? So a black bear is pretty straight from the forehead down through the nose line. It's a pretty straight line. A grizzly bear has more of a dip by the eye, so it's almost like a flat down flat shape, almost more like a Labrador, um, a lab dog. So be able to identify the difference between a grizzly bear and a black bear in Idaho. Um, and that goes true if you're, we're not covering Montana, but obviously that goes true for Montana and Wyoming too. You know, there's grizzly bears in those mountain ranges. Be able to be smart, but also be able to identify if you're looking at a brown-faced color bear or, or a, a brown-faced black bear or a grizzly bear. Man, just all off the board today with the words, but that's Idaho. Next up, Utah. February 23rd is the deadline in Utah, 11 p.m. Mountain Time. Obviously, I give the times, but don't cut it to the last minute. That's just in case you forget. All the tags are controlled through the application. There are summer, um, spring, summer, and fall seasons for Idaho or Utah bear hunting. Only the summer season allows for the use of bait. Dogs can be used, and the permits, residents, and limited entry is 93. A multi-season limited entry is 183. Non-residents, it's 171 for the limited entry, and the multi-season limited entry is 566. So there is a little bit more cost if you're going to do that multi-season bear hunt. If you draw a limited entry permit in Utah, there is a two-year waiting period before you can apply again, so keep that in mind. And then maybe the biggest news that we have is Washington's spring bear season. So if you've been in tune to Western hunting politics, if you will, big game management plans, um, commissioners, big game wildlife commissioners, and all these different updates that we've seen in recent years. There's been a lot of them. We've covered um, Montana's uh, changes to their point system, allowing clients that have signed guide contracts to have two points per year that they can purchase instead of one, which really throws things off. We've seen Wyoming raise their prices quite a bit. We've seen Colorado reintroduce wolves. There's been a lot of changes. Utah has been... um, really ramping up their laws and regulations surrounding trail camera usage. There's been a lot of big changes in the West. And I think one of the biggest changes that's happened recently is Washington state has closed their spring bear season. And this, from what I gather, and I'm not an expert, I'm not a Washington resident. I'm not an expert on the issue. All the information I have has been gathered from other people that are much more knowledgeable than me listening to podcasts and resources it does not seem like it's a science-driven decision. It seems like it's a political-motivated decision, um, the way that Washington has set up their commissioners. There's three from the west, there's three from the east, and there's three at large. The eastern side of Washington is very rural lifestyle, um, big hunting population centers, lots of um, tradition around the outdoors. The west side of Washington is much more um, urban, 
cities, maybe not as close to hunting in a general sense, a stereotype, if you will, and then the three at large. So what happens is you get the three from the west side of the state that generally lead away from hunting. You get the three from the east side of the state that lean generally towards hunting. And then the three at large can be anywhere. And if they get appointed from the west, then you have a very large, you have a majority of the council that's maybe not in favor of hunting. And it seems like that's what's happened. I don't want to go into too much more detail than that because I I really am not an expert in what's going on. But I do know that they, in 2024, there was a petition to reopen the black bear hunt in Washington and it was denied which means there will not be a spring 2024 black bear hunt in Washington either, which is sad because there are a ton of black bears in Washington. So it's an infringement and think it's an encroachment on our rights as hunters. It's not how the North American big game model is supposed to operate in my book. Um, I would like to see more science-based decisions on management plans of big game animals and all game animals, you know, basically all animals, game animals and non-game animals. I'd love to see more science-based approaches when it comes to how are we going to manage these animals and the resources available. And it doesn't seem like that's the case here, which is really sad. So hopefully we can band together, rally together, and continue to push back on this and get the spring bear season opened once again in Washington. And hopefully we can keep regulations and law changes like this from propagating to other states. So I think that's where, you know, as hunters and outdoorsmen and women, we can be pretty decisive. Sometimes we can be, you know, we can kind of be at each other's throats, whether it's crossbows versus vertical bows, whether it's archery versus rifle, whether it's public land versus private land. You know, I think this is an issue where we all need to be on the same page. And so that's just my ask for all of you guys to keep an open mind be willing to uh, join forces with someone that you might not hunt with or you might not have the same hunting style. Maybe it's dogs versus tree stands or maybe it's, um, you know, there's all kinds of different ways we like to divide ourselves as outdoorsmen and outdoorswomen, but I think this is one where we really need to come together because the opposition seems to be quite organized, quite dedicated, and very aggressive. So keep that in mind, but that's today's update. One small... I would say note or more of an apology, I missed the Arizona elk and antelope deadline. In 2024, they moved it up a week. I didn't find out about it until it was too late to announce and do the elk in Arizona and the antelope in Arizona breakdown. So I hope all of you out there that were interested in Arizona elk and Arizona antelope knew about the deadline ahead of time. It was February 6th this year, and I hope you guys got applied, got in. Unfortunately, Arizona does not have a separate point period. So that means I also missed my point period, or I did not be able to buy points in Arizona this year, which is a huge bummer. I always feel like when I miss a year, I wasted an entire year on that dream to hunt Arizona elk. And so, or whatever state it is. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series is to help everyone you know, be aware of what the deadlines are. So you're not waiting an extra year to go do some of these hunts. And in this case, I just missed it. I uh, was not aware that they changed the date this year. I had a reminder to do that episode set up. And when I got started doing the research for the episode, I found out that it was a, a week earlier than intended and I would not have enough time to do the episode and post it for you all. So I apologize. That one's on me. I'm going to update things for next year so we don't forget any Arizona deadlines again in the future but that being said 
I hope everyone gets out there, gets your applications done. I'm excited to see what tags you guys draw. And like always, if there's any questions, comments, feedback whatsoever, send us an Instagram message. Send us an email. I would love to help you out with your question or read your question out loud to the crowd if it's a great question. Um, This is all meant for you guys, so hopefully you get value out of it. And if there's anything that you want, want me to know, write in. That's that. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Go out and get an application submitted and get out on the on the hills this spring or fall, um, maybe chasing some black bears. So thanks for being here, folks. Thank you for listening.